0: Running is something that you can run your own race. You don't have to compete against someone in front of you or behind you. You can say, okay, it's it's a time goal. It's a, finishing a distance for the first time. It doesn't mean you have to walk away with a podium, right? You can still win all of these cool things. And I think that's what's kept me engaged over the years is I'm so competitive with myself.
1: Hello, podcast world. Welcome to episode 18 of Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. I had such a blast sitting down talking all things running with Karen Howe, a.k.a. How About a Run, one of my favorite IG handles. We traced it back to her roots in Alaska, how she moved to the East Coast to Boston, and finally settled up in Rochester, New York how she got her start in running, which was easily one of the funniest and most interesting intro stories told on Run Chats to date, and I will not spoil a word of that. Karen has been making tremendous progress as a runner from when she first got started running along the banks of the Charles River, uh, just to get herself in shape um, and and get into the sport in that way, um, and really uh, was making some tremendous strides on the self-coach side. Uh, And threw down, I believe, a 3.18, which was her PR at Erie, and decided that she wanted to see how far she could take things with a coach, got involved with McCurdy Coaching, working with James McCurdy directly. And recently, last Berlin, rocked a 3.03. So this girl's right on the cusp of sub three, and she is really on the come from a fitness perspective. She has some wonderful ideas about training. I love her perspective. About training during COVID times, uh, what we can do to keep ourselves positive and focused and in the moment, and just to validate, you know, my theory that she's super fit and ready to to rock a sub three at some point. She went out on the Boston course today and threw down a three fifteen virtual marathon. So yeah, she's ready for big things. I think you all should definitely give her a follow, um, and you know, definitely, um, I think you'll be very happy that you did. So I hope you all enjoyed this convo as much as the two of us did. So let's dive on in and take a listen. Good evening, Karen. Welcome to Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited to chat.
1: Yeah, a run chat, but we're not on a run. We're on Zoom, and we had some technical difficulties, but but we rocked through it.
0: It's just like any other race. Nothing you can't just push through.
1: Yeah, kind of, but we don't have a re- <laughs> we don't have a reboot button for racing. Because man, if we had a reboot button for racing, we would have pushed that shit a long time ago. On 2020, we would wouldn't that have been our first troubleshooting step on 2020 reboot?
0: It, it might have taken a call to IT to figure that one out for me, but um, yeah, probably would have tried that one by now.
1: Yeah. And it, we would have just bypassed the whole need for vaccine stage and, and gone to there. So for our for the listeners of Run Chats at Home um, that haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet, why don't you do a little intro and tell them a little bit about yourself, where you're from, all that kind of good stuff.
0: Sure. Um, so, for some of you who may be listening right now, might know me from probably mostly Instagram, my how about a run handle. Uh, running is my passion, but I didn't start there. I grew up in Alaska, a little town called Ketchikan in Southeast Alaska, and ended up going to undergraduate in Oregon. Then decided to totally change my mind on the degree that I had and went from exercise board science to, hmm let's go sow my wild oats. And off to Boston, I flew. So I lived there for a handful of years before um, deciding I should probably become adult, an adult, which might have been my biggest mistake. Never do that. But I went back to graduate school, met my husband, pulled off a double master's, got my MBA, my MS in accounting, where I find myself in finance now. But somewhere along the route, um, stumbled across running for fun. Um, and I swore I would never call myself a runner because all I did was a couple miles, maybe three miles at best, kind of stay in shape. And then it's, I'm very easily swayed by friends, apparently. You'll find this over the course of our conversation because I started to get into running through what's now known as these Ragnar relays. And so a group of us, you know, really it was my excuse to kind of get kicked out of the van, go running. But at the end, really, it's all about the beer. So that was really fun. And I think as I approached 30, I decided, oh, let's look at this bucket list that people always talk about. I'm like, I should have one of those. And so somehow I put marathon. Obviously, I should put a marathon on there. I better do it before I turn 30. And so about age 20, I think I was at 28 or 29, must have been 29, um, I came home newly wed and I said, hey, hun, guess what? I signed us up for a marathon and he goes, well, that's great. Except the part where you said us, because, uh, I'm not interested. I'm like, well, it's not refundable. And no, by the way, it's in Chicago. And so he did what any other newlywed would do. He knew it was too early in the marriage to say no to me. (laughs) And so he humored me and trained the whole time we trained together. Um, And it was back in the days where like, we didn't have Garmin watches. We didn't, we, you know, you didn't have, you didn't know how far you're running unless you actually went out and drove the route to say, okay, tomorrow I have to run 10 miles. That sounds insane. And so we'd go out and drive it and be like, okay, we need to run to like this address or this house. So we did all of that, made our way to Chicago. And of course they say, never try anything new on race day. Well, I had planned our outfits, which was shorts and a short sleeve shirt. Sure enough, we open up the windows and it's like snowing. It's like the coldest day. They, they've gone from like summer to almost freezing. But I'm like, nope, this is what we're wearing. We're doing it. And so we make our way. We're all excited. These massive crowds, like, again, we don't know what we're doing. So we get in there. We think everything's fun. You know, we're running along and cheering and all this stuff is great. And then you kind of hit 13 starts to get a little tough. Then you hit towards like 17, that game over. Like we were grumpy. I think at one point my husband's like, I need to stop and stretch my calf. And I just looked at him and said, okay, I'll meet you at the end. And he's like, (laughs) what? You would leave me here? I'm like, a thousand percent. Yes, I need to finish this. So he caught back up to me. And long story short, we ended up finishing together. But the kind of weird to bring it back to my running history now is, I crossed the line. My sister who came out to watch us was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. You finished a marathon. I'm like, yeah, I loved it. It was great. I had complete runner's amnesia. Like all the cursing that had just happened in the last at least 10K went out of my mind. They turned and asked my husband the same thing. He literally cursed up and down and just kept walking. He literally kept walking back to the hotel where he climbed into bed which was the worst mistake and he hasn't done one since here we are in 2020 i've done 25 of them over the course of time and uh slowly chipping away i guess getting faster as a master so if that tells you anything here here we are
1: (laughs) that could be the greatest entrance introductory story for run chat so far That one, that one like encompasses so much right there. First off, we got another Alaskan on the show. So we're loving that. You're my second Alaskan. We got Darcy Brodsky was representing. And that's pretty good because we're like about 20 episodes in and we've got two Alaskans. So I'm I'm pretty pumped about that. And so you you migrate to the East Coast, you make your move, and the draw of the Charles River has to, it pulls everybody in. I mean, even the non-runners, people who aren't running, just seeing everybody out there doing their thing. It just kind of draws you out there. Uh, Such a great place to run and, or even just walk around, take your dog for a walk, just get outside, um, be out there in the elements and that beautiful Boston weather with the four seasons. Right. That had to be, had to be enticing.
0: It was awesome. Um, And I lived at the time right next to Harvard square. So for me to run down around the Charles was no big deal. Um, And I just kicked myself that I didn't get into running any sooner because Our first marathon was 2006, and at that point, we had moved just north of the city. So I didn't have that easy access that, you know, now I would just, every time I go back to Boston, I just, my heart melts because I love the city. So we lived there for about 10 years and moved to Rochester, New York, which is where we are now in 2007. So I really, I guess, became much more of an endurance runner once I moved away from the city that's so well-known for running. Um, And also, really, I was so naive. I had definitely didn't have any idea how powerful the Boston Marathon was. Um, Obviously, I knew it was a big deal because the day closed down. Like I worked in the Hancock Tower. You, You didn't go to work that day. You got to see runners, and it was exciting. But being on the other side now as a runner, it's, it's something that kind of pulls you that I think a lot of people can attest to.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And that first marathon sign-up experience, the husband and wife tandem sign-up, is a classic story for sure because he was That's trapped. Better. He was trapped. There was no way out. There was simply no way to win. Um, he could only lose. And I think the absolute funniest part of that whole story is uh, the uh, reactions of you both after the race, like you're euphoric and excited and you blanked out all the pain and and you have your amnesia moments and you're just like, yeah, let's do it again. And he's cursing people out and, you know, dropping the F-bombs probably like wants to go back to his hotel and dives into bed and goes to sleep and retires from marathoning permanently.
0: Absolutely. But you know what the good thing about that is, is as a partner, Um, someone has to watch the kids. Someone has to be the cheerleader and I never have to compete for that time. Boom. So it it becomes very easy because I know it's a struggle for a lot of people who, if you're both athletic... So advice to anybody out there who is looking for a partner, find one who's physically opposite of you.
1: <laughs> See, I'm I'm back in that. I'm back in that theory because everybody just automatically assumes that I'm would only date a runner now because I'm divorced, you know, years and years ago. My ex was a phenomenal runner. We're super close. Um, she ran two two fifty-threes. Um, she was third in Marine Corps one year. She rocked third, third awesome. place third place Marine Corps overall. Like back when you would get in runner's world, like they would do the top three men, top three women, the masters endless of time. So she was she was a rock star runner. Um, but no, I, I am. Um, it's funny that you that you bring that up. I think it can be wonderful if you both are doing it. But yes, you are 100% right. Particularly with young kids, then yeah, you have to put some serious thought into okay, who's going to go along on a Saturday versus a Sunday? Is somebody going to be sitting? A mom, uh, grandma, or grandpa going to come over? A friend? Um, and all of those elements because face it, this stuff takes time. And one of the things that we have both found out about each other recently is that we're both also into cycling as well and doing. doing doing. doing long rides. And I know your husband has done a couple of half Ironmans and he's also into riding as well. And riding takes even longer. I'm trying to explain to my friends, like, You know, I'm doing a 50, 60 mile ride. That's, that's three hours, four hours worth of riding, you know, and that's, you know, and of course with riding, it's much more common, which we talked about before we came on air too, to take a little break, you know, food break, bathroom breaks, even just stop uh, to refuel, get drinks, whatever it might be. Whereas with running, we don't tend to ever do that. You know, we're doing our long runs. We don't stop. The only way you would ever stop would be if you actually had a bathroom on a course somewhere and you had to go, um, we sure as hell aren't stopping on any of our long runs that count, um, you know, unless, uh, you know, something comes up. So that's that's usually the way we plan it, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All this stuff takes time. It, it's worth it, but it's, I definitely have to say, you know, when people ask you, you know, me personally, you know, we have two kids who at least they're not in their young, young stage. They're pretty self-sufficient, but they're, you can't really leave them alone at age 8 and 11 quite yet. Um, but that makes it easier. And then not, you know, not having to compete for time. Because um, I think a lot of times you see these Instagram worlds and you think, oh, my God, how does that person do all this? They're a mom, they work, you know, or a husband, they work and they do all this um, physical fitness stuff. And it really comes down to just I'm fortunate in that I don't have to compete. That one element is. Um, knowing that I can steal the morning time slot is another one because uh, I'm more of a morning person <laughs> than he is. So I don't really have to fight for the 5 a.m., 4.45 to 5 a.m. time slot. I wouldn't,
1: I wouldn't be fighting you for that spot. I wouldn't fight anybody. I'm like, as I was talking to you before we came on the air, I didn't do my run yet. It's 6.10. East Coast time, hey, it's it's, it's all good, no, and Half and and, and you and you and you're rocking the cocktail to rub it in even more. Yeah, which I it. would, of course, be doing the same thing. If I didn't have a run ahead of me, Karen, the bag of Cheetos would be out on the table and an ice cold gluten-free beer would be rocking and rolling on the counter. But I'm gonna try to make this somewhat of a quality run tonight because we're having a good weather change here. Um, after doing virtually every run or ride in 90 plus degrees or 90% humidity, when you hear that the temperatures might go to 70 or even it's something with a six in front of it, you can't let that opportunity go by. You yeah. got you got to take a swing at it, and I don't have a plan. I mean, you know, we'll get into your own running history because you're getting coached by James McCurdy personally, and uh, James worked uh, with another athlete of mine who's been on Allie, a good friend of mine from New Jersey, who's a good friend of yours as well. Um, so I um I love to get into the dynamics of a coach relationship, running relationship, or even just you know how somebody. Does it maybe that's on their own side because it can be so significantly different? So let's before we get into your whole McCurdy thing and your coaching and and what you've done lately, where you've been making you know monstrous gains and really improving and pointing towards really big things to come. Like as a kid, um, I know you weren't a runner, but did you play other sports as a kid when you were growing up?
0: No, I really didn't. Um, again, growing up in Alaska, and I'm one of four children, so a lot of the times my mom would just say outside everybody outside, go play. Basically you're driving me nuts. Get out of here. And so a lot of it was filled with just being active in general. And um, that's always existed, but I I wasn't into any one sport. I think I tried to dabble in basketball and a few things here and there, but nothing that stuck. Um, It made my way all the way through college, not doing sports or anything like that. Um, And again, was kind of a hobby jogger um, which there's nothing wrong with it. it. Hey, I did that for almost 30 years and was perfectly healthy and fine. Um, And I guess I was just looking for a new challenge. And I guess how you say, you know, we can get into the coaching portion of it later. If you look at the grand scheme of my running, because now that I am in my 40s, I've, I've run a fair amount now. And the people, if you only know me from Instagram, let's say, you would think that I've been running for years or, or all this, that, and the other. Well, I've only done that for two years, and most of that was under coaching because I hired a coach two years ago, but that's not where I started. You know, going back to the Chicago Marathon, I mean, for anybody who's out there, I hope they're just not intimidated when you see these runners who, yeah, I'm getting faster, and I can run fast, but I can also run slow. Um, and I just want to encourage everybody out there because I started no watch, I didn't know anything about these gels and these goos and, you know, all this stuff that comes with it that it's now, honestly, it's like second nature. I need all of it. I think, I think I need the fancy shoes. Um, What do you have? Oh, you have that. Oh, I want to try that. That sounds great. This feel, oh, maybe that's going to work for me. Maybe it's going to sit awesome in my stomach. Um, So my 25 marathons, I've run only, let's see, New York, I've only run three of them under the McCurdy trained. So the majority of them I started out and it was printing office free schedule from Hal Higdon, which I know that's going to resonate with people who may be listening because that's how a lot of us start, right? You're not going to dive in and necessarily say, hey, I need a coach or maybe you don't want to spend the money on it. I know I didn't even know a coach has existed out there. Um so I'd print out the free schedule and I would put it on the calendar and sometimes over the course of time, some of them would have speed workout and I would cross that off because I didn't know what to do with that. So I would just run easy. Well, let's be honest. I didn't even know there was a difference. I would just run the same pace always. And over the course of time, sure. I think you build up that stamina because I did hear from someone once that said it takes a solid two years to get into marathon shape. Um, And I believe that to be true because You just your first one is just so novel, like you do hear these amazing stories of people who can knock off some crazy marathon to start out with. But, man, did I I learn a lot. And so over the course of time, I got a little bit faster. And then towards the end, I guess my goals just started to shift. And I said, okay, I can keep doing marathons. But I managed to run the Erie PA Marathon. And I think this was in 2017. And it was one that was supposed to just be run with some of my girlfriends that we met up with. Um, Obviously, I was trained for it. But it was like today, the weather you're talking about. That was beautiful upstate New York, PA weather. It was crisp. It was cool. And I just went for it. I just ran. And I ended up getting eight minutes off of my personal best. And I thought, dang maybe if I actually had a little help with this, maybe I could get a little bit faster. And so then it's shift to, well, I'm getting older now. So let's see if I can keep up with those younger people. And then, you know, long story short, I ended up hiring a coach and man, I've learned a ton, a ton. I mean, before that, I didn't know the distance of a track. Uh, Someone say distances in meters or splits and times and easy runs and fast runs it was all just it was completely overwhelming and still now i'm sure james laughs at me because like okay wait there's different shoes for things like what are you talking about i just have this pair of sneakers are you crazy so i've learned a lot i've learned a lot and i'd love to to share whatever people have questions about
1: well that's um i like the message um for one thing i've uh, there's a lot of people out there who have this elitist attitude, toward, el- elitist attitude towards running or anything in in general in life. Um, and we were talking a little bit about cycling and triathlon and and mountain biking. And, and before we came on the air, and those the views of each of those sports and how those athletes view each other and you know what kind of a uh, technical equipment do they wear and what kind of bike do they ride and all that stuff. It's, it these, There's just so many different levels to it. And running has it too. Uh, there's no question that it does. Um, and just as you said, what, are you wearing vapor flies? What kind of shoes do you wear? Do you run for a club team? Do you run on your own? Do you have a coach? Do you not have a coach? My big thing, and I I will butt heads with anybody who wants to take me on into it, anybody that can run, and I don't care. I I will fight anybody over this point. I don't care if you finish a marathon in seven hours. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care if you walked every step of 26.2 miles. You still have my respect. You're still a runner to me. Um, And if you're doing it because you want to be more healthy, or maybe you're trying to lose weight and just trying to feel more empowered as a person, I don't really care what started your journey. I just want to encourage you to keep going with it. Um, and, and, you know, the one of my favorite sayings on the show is uh, comparison is the thief of joy. Um, you know, like it's – and Instagram and Facebook and social, you know, can tend to really um, really accentuate that stuff to the point where you're just looking at other women that are around your age or other men that are around your age or people who you feel like you might fall into that same group as them. And you're going to judge yourself based on what they're putting out there in the world. And it's it's just silly. I mean – You're running, the the first and foremost thing is you gotta find out why you are running to start with. I mean, that's the first question that I will ask anybody. Why are you running? Like, why? Like, I know why I'm running. I don't need any race to train for. This whole year's canceled. Man, I found more things to, you know, to keep myself interested and more charitable things to get involved with and create things between my own ears that I feel are important. Every time I'm running miles out there for Tommy Rivers, who's he for ribs, you know, I convinced myself I'm helping him. I know I'm not, but that's what I tell myself. I'm going to go longer on my ride today because at this point right now, his brother writes back to me. His dad writes back to me. Like a lot of the family members are writing back to me. I got involved with the, with the auction. I bought a bunch of items through the auction and long after, you know, the run with ribs and ride with ribs campaign ended, I'm still using those hashtags. I'm still trying to do more miles with the thought of like my intention is focused on you know, this person who I've never met, a total stranger, um, but their family is a beautiful family and they've opened themselves up and shared with the, the entire running community, cycling community. I mean, he's a, a triathlete, an ultra marathoner, a marathoner and I just think it shows you, if you shift the perspective away from, oh no, all my races are canceled. Oh no, I'm not gonna get my six star medal. Oh no, I'm not gonna get a chance to run Boston. Of course it matters. Of course. You don't think I want to run? Of course, Karen, I want to run. You want to run. Marcus wants to run. But somebody made a comment on Marcus and I's podcast that we were like dissing people because we're saying you can't earn your six star by running a virtual. We're not dissing anybody. It doesn't mean that you're not running 26 miles. Hell, I ran 10 in 10 weeks for charitable things. Just you know, I couldn't run them that hard just because I couldn't, man. I, I'd beaten the hell out of myself, Karen. You think it was easy to keep doing one after the other? No. on uh, Seven of those were completely solo with no company. Um, two, I had my son run 10 miles with and another friend locally run 10 miles with, and they both brought me a bottle for the last 10 miles. So I had somebody help me with aid. And the last one, my friend, Greg, Um, Ran the whole 26 with me, but I mean, it was so mind over matter and there wasn't any time, there wasn't any training goal, but my goal was to get food to frontline healthcare workers and to raise money and to make a difference there. And um, I got back like a billion fold from what I put into a billion fold, I mean the personal cards and the notes and the messages and a couple of nurses <laughs> saying, thank you, Ron. And one of the messages back to me and a text message. And they did, um, I always forget the um, Instagram filter, the one like when you do a toast with the glass, that one, uh, there's a name for it. Well, whatever that one is, it just, replays it back and forth, but it just said, yeah, boomerang. There it is. Yay. Good job, Karen. So I, I put that on. They put a boomerang filter on it and I listened to it and it happened to be the day my mom went in the hospital. Um, my mom was in the hospital for like eight days. She didn't have COVID, but of course in these times they're going to treat everybody like they have COVID and she's had lymphoma 30 years and hadn't slept. I mean, you don't sleep when your mom's going to the hospital. Your mom's going to be 88 in a few days. So you don't sleep, You know, you're up all night and you can't go to the hospital. I work in healthcare, you know, you can't get in, you can't go see anybody. And then they tell me they're gonna let me see her through the window. And then of course their safety polarized glasses where windows where, you know, the patient can see out from their side of the room, you can't see in. So, I mean, that was, after all that, if you're being up for like a day and a half and like going to her room before, you know, some procedure she was, have diagnostic procedure she was really nervous about, I thought I was gonna actually get to see her for the first time in months, like in person, like not on a Zoom call, like see her. And I couldn't see her. And then I left that parking lot with like maybe one hour sleep and I ran my seventh or the eighth in that series of marathons, you know, for my mom. And that was one of my faster ones. And I mean, just, just totally between, you know, between your ears. So I know here's
0: here's the thing. So like when we talk about finding your why and knowing your why all of, that stuff is is true. I think it's important. I think that what would help people out there, because, you know, I think at the onset, when things started to get canceled, and now they obviously they keep getting canceled. um, I struggled a bit with people who would grumble about that, because it's getting past your own self, you can still keep your why. um, But if you if the hardest thing in your life is a race getting canceled, then maybe you haven't lived as long as me, I don't know, but I can tell you right now, race getting canceled in 2020 is by far the easiest thing that's happened in my life. And it's it's one of those things that if you can pull yourself out and do the amazing things that like you have done for other people, because man, paying it forward and tying that into your why, it, it becomes your why. And it's so much more empowering. Not to say that it doesn't hurt. Like it sucks, dude. Listen, y- you can attest. I had Tokyo canceled on me. I had Boston canceled on me. I had London canceled on me. And I don't tend to do shorter races like the marathons are my jam. Um, so of course that stinks wholeheartedly. And I cannot wait to get back to those because really it's the social aspect. I love being able to travel to marathons and see people that that helps keep my cup full for those times when you go through the stressful things, like especially like in 2020, it's like we keep taking out of the cup we need to find a way to fill the cup back up. And I think for a lot of people that is doing the social things in the races, um, I just wish people can myself included could lead a little bit by example and say, okay, let's let's go beyond ourselves and do a few things. It doesn't have to be huge. I'm not doing 10 marathons in 10 days, I'll tell you that right now. Ten but weeks. Not I 10 ran to ribs and <laughs> did some miles there and just the little things and um the positives. It's like focusing on the positives, right? Hey, I've been able to spend a heck of a lot more time getting out on the trails and like easy bike miles with my kids, you know, cause they don't have sports right now. So, you know, there's a good positive that comes out of, out of some of this. So it's not all it's complete doom and gloom, but the why, I think if you don't ground yourself in the why, you're probably not going to be running very long. I know that some people are going to be like, boo, hiss, and I turn, turn this podcast off. I don't want to listen to this girl chat about that, but, but honestly, it, it's got to be more than races. Right, it's got to be about your health, your fitness. Some other, some other greater. I mean, it doesn't have to be life-shattering, if you will. But I know that I, I've been okay with races being canceled. Yeah, they, it completely bums me out. Absolutely, because you don't work hard to not test your limits, and that was what the last couple of years have been for me: is to get out there and really test your limits, and it's been fun to see the progression. So. Uh, in the virtual races, it's hard. I'm doing the virtual Boston. I will, you know, throw the disclaimer out there, but I know it's not going to be the same as actually running with all those people and the crowds and things like that. But hey, guess what? I turned and looked at it and said, it's also a once in a lifetime opportunity. I hope anyways, I hope we don't have to run any more of these virtual six-star type races um, from afar, but you know what? Hey, I'm going to embrace one. I'm not going to do all of them, but I'm going to give it a go. See if it's fun, right? change my
1: attitude. I think that's, that's the best you can do. Um, and you know, there's been a, a series of, um, virtual races that were going on, at least down here in, in my area, um, a little bit closer to New York city, a lot of different virtual track races and series were developed for people that run on the track, you know, mile 5,000 meters. They were doing heats. Um, they were doing great social distancing, you know, probably a lot easier with the size of the fields. Um, and some were just, you know, regular old virtual races, you know, where you would do a race and you could earn a medal. Um, but you're absolutely right. Some people are going to be really motivated by that. And some people are just not going to be motivated at all. And I think, you know, don't, if you're not, you're not, that's okay. Don't worry about it. One of
0: those is not.
1: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not either.
0: I I tried to do like the mile series and I felt like I didn't get the best out of myself. Um, that kind of pissed me off, but that's on me. Um, But on the flip side, I dusted off the whole bike and I've logged several miles out there. And that's been fun. You can cover a lot of ground, much more than just going out and running. Um, And it's a different group of friends that I get to reconnect with. So that's been really fun. And we're going to get you to upstate New York. And we're going to get you riding around like some of these Finger Lakes and drinking wine and, and enjoying all of the above.
1: I absolutely love that plan. It's a great plan. And um, let's step back a little bit. You talked about the cup being emptied and trying to fill it and all that. I think it's a great analogy. Um, So for... For the people out there that certainly are aware, who listen to the show, the things that I was doing in the health for healthcare and for Black Lives Matter, there's still things like that going on today. Um, Obviously every day things are changing. So I've gotten very involved with the American Cancer Society. Everybody has probably had some involvement with a charity of some kind, you know, whether it was for diabetes or lymphoma, cancer. Um, whatever it might be. Um, it, it, generally, those things were gonna are gonna work a lot more effectively if it's something that has impacted you in your own personal life. You know, did you lose a family member to a condition or an illness or something like that? I mean, those charities are hurting so badly right now. So I'm just saying to anybody who's listening to this show, if you're just struggling and you're having a hard time, you know, Getting out the door, which is how I close out every show, lace them up. Get out the door, man, because I, my theory in life will always be I've never, ever left for a run and came back in a worse state than I was before I started. I may have had a shitty run when I got out the door. I may have been bitching about it. I may have felt like I didn't really want to go. But somewhere in there, somewhere out there in that run, something would turn. Okay, And it may just be that my head cleared or a business problem became clearer or a personal relationship issue. I started to see it from a different viewpoint or different side. But somewhere out there, the endorphins will kick in. And it doesn't matter. You don't have to be running hard. You could be running your slowest run ever. You might even be walking and running. Uh, One of the things I've gotten into usually is just taking a ton of pictures when I run on my easier runs. Because it keeps me from pushing too hard even on days when I feel like I could go hard and there's really no reason to be going hard like you know just these beautiful you know skyline shots that I have and these beautiful areas that I'm so fortunate to run in and so many people that follow me on my Instagram page or that's why they're following me. They love the pictures that I'm taking and I'm shooting out there. And that goes to when I travel around the world, man, when I travel, like I want to share that experience, my food experiences. What do I eat? What wine am I drinking? What restaurant did I eat at? Who did I get together for a big shakeout run? And it's a miracle that we didn't hang out in Berlin because like we were hanging with so many of the same people. It's like almost impossible that our paths didn't cross in Berlin because, you know, Ali was up in my room a couple of times and, you know, I was the one who talked her into getting bottles and putting them on the table. And then she like outdoes me because... She goes to like this store and gets these like emoji icons and puts them on her bottle and made it all like fancy and cool. And, you know, I know it helped her. Um, It was just water. But just the fact that you didn't those stupid hard plastic cups, which are like the bane of my existence, which literally I can still hear it. It's like, you know, like when somebody scratches the chalkboard and like, you know, you're either one of those people who that bothers or it doesn't like I can still have it go through me when the dentist drill starts up. I don't have to be in the chair. If I hear it doesn't matter which drill it is, the low grindy one or the. other one i hear that sound it's like nope it's going through me get me out of here i'm running for cover so um you know those plastic cups in the middle of the road please berlin sometime get it together man just like come on man what are you doing with those cups man what are you doing?
0: It was a tease too. I, I, Cause I know I was with Allie at the start and it was genius, but I thought, uh, oh, this one more element. I thought I might be too stressed trying to get the bottles to where they needed to go. So I just did a handheld and I was okay with that. And husband passed off one to me at like the halfway point, nice. um, but man, those bottles, the, the cups, if we could just give a bit of advice, I know I'm sidetracking here, but man, I, I just don't know why they haven't gone away.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, 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 it's come up, it's come up before. Um, I, I, I just having run Tokyo, cause you haven't run it yet. I've never experienced anything like that in my life to run 26 miles, 42.2 K for the kilometer folks that are listening. I've never seen anything in my life on a day that was pouring rain nearly as hard at Boston and points uh, to the Boston monsoon year the big difference is the temperature was nowhere near as cold and the wind was nowhere near as strong. And then also, as we all know in Boston, you run in one direction. So you're either running dead into a headwind, you have a tailwind, you've got a crosswind. There's no, there's no shifting around. You're running in one direction the whole way. You're making like three or four turns in the whole race. Okay? You don't make a turn until 21 miles into the race or 20 miles in. You know, it's crazy how far you go before you actually make that turn at the firehouse. That's your first turn in the entire race. So yeah, Tokyo... The, the
0: on how clean it is there but also with the the Boston one kind of tying back to your running for a greater purpose I ran Boston in 2018 in that monsoon and that was the first year that I actually ran for a charity I ran with team MR8 the Mountain Richard Foundation yes um which was I I can honestly say that you know I had a qualified bib but um had a friend in Dorchester my friend Lauren who was connected with them and um basically put me in connection with them. I raised money for their foundation. And I think that was probably one of the only reasons why I finished that day, because I absolutely had hypothermia, the whole works, but I just kept on going saying, if I am complaining about this after what that family's been through, shame on me. Absolutely, like you can put one foot in front of the other, and you can keep going. And so that's my 2008 story or 2018, and it it definitely helps running with a for a greater cause on those tough days for sure because you're going to have the tough days. Absolutely.
1: Well, you're you're part of something bigger, um, and I think that's one of the things um, that I just I just wish people would consider. Um, I hear all the time, Oh, I only want to run Boston when I qualify." Okay that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I might've said those exact same words if I wasn't able to qualify myself. And it's not my place to judge anybody for feeling that strongly about it. But if you're not going to get in and you want to run Boston, why not do some good at the same time? Because you can continue to improve at a runner at any age. I mean, look at Gene Dykes running sub threes in his seventies. I mean, look at, um, uh, what's her name, Jeannie Rice, the time she's running in her 60s. I mean, men and women are running remarkable times. A master's runner the other day in his 60s ran a 440 mile or a 440 something. I mean, he set the world master's record um, over 60. I mean, it's remarkable what people are accomplishing with their fitness as as they've aged and they're getting older. And it just gives us all something, you know, to stay focused and shoot for. And the reason I keep weaving the charity thing in is even right now, if you've been in, a, in the doldrums and haven't been able to feel like you could get yourself inspired to maybe run one of these virtual races or they're not for you, if you've find another one of these things like American Cancer Society that I just did a bunch of miles riding and running for. It, yeah, I ended up being the third most fundraiser. I didn't raise that much money, but I was the third most. But what I was the most interested in is how high could I get myself up in the total miles combined? And there were people that were doing miles when they walked their dog, um, swimming. They had all these other methods. They, had, they were counting their steps. So I wasn't doing any of that. I was biking and running only. So I was not in a fair fight. But I came from like, I was like 30th when I started because I had started a couple of days late and I made it all the way back to third. So I was like trying to catch up to them. And it was like too much. <laughs> I, I would have had to start riding like 100 okay, let's, miles let's a day. Dive
0: into this competitive spirit, right? Okay. So <laughs> for me, when you go back to like your why, it's, I think, what really draws me to it, other than my just love for self-torture, I suppose, is running is something that you can run your own race. You don't have to compete against someone in front of you or behind you. You can say, okay, it's it's a time goal. It's a, finishing a distance for the first time. It doesn't mean you have to walk away with a podium, right? You can still win all of these cool things. And I think that's what's kept me engaged over the years is I'm so competitive with myself. I'm equally as happy for someone else. If you've done the work, I'm gonna be one of your biggest cheerleaders for sure. absolutely. There's enough room for all of us, but it's fun because I can I can tell that we have a lot in common when you when you get into the okay, well, I'm gonna twist this element and it was about seeing how far I can climb up the ranks. You weren't saying, I want to knock Susie Q off the, the, you know, the Strava section, you're like, okay, I just want to see if I can get better. And it's this, it's no different in a lot of the aspects of my life is just setting that next stage to be like, well, what if I could just do this? And maybe if I can just do a little bit here and a little bit there, and that's where it is that fuel that kind of keeps me going with the competitive whether i acknowledge it always or not <laughs> yeah i mean i like, think mm, let me see i'm gonna throw in a century ride here <laughs> to get up the rankings and
1: <laughs> yeah exactly well if i could throw down that number and yeah i mean it's same thing with the uh, tommy ribs the ride with rose run road same thing i was um there were people somebody had claimed they had uh, hiked i don't know fourteen thousand miles or something i'm like okay, can you see my emoji eyes? I was like, yeah, you hiked 14,000 miles and you did it in that time. Okay. All right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Something like that. And they stayed up on top of the list. Of course, there I am like looking at it going like, why, why is this person still there? But, um, I do think it does tell you a lot about us or how we're wired And most runners, not all, not all by any stretch of the imagination. We're all, we're all wired differently, but I mean, I, I, I'm such a big fan of David Goggins and such a huge uh, advocate of so much of what he puts out there. Um, I've listened to his audio book like probably 20 times on runs, and I've read his book three times cover to cover. It is. It's the man in the mirror, man. That's who you're facing off with, Karen. And that's who you are battling every day. And when I say battling to be, I tell people all the time, running makes me the best version of myself. That's a fact. It's the short answer to life. I've had periods in my life when I couldn't run. You know, whether health, surgical thing, years coaching my son and all of his travel teams, racing was not going to work. I was still running. I was running to stay healthy and fit. But I would go 14 days and not run, and then I'd go throw a 20 mile run in. Like it just, there was no time for it to fit in with everything else going on in my life. Wouldn't change anything over those period of time and years. If anything, it only made my, it manifested the desire more when the opportunity became free. And my son said, dad, you know, I think I'm going to try for a cross country. His freshman year of high school, would you help me get ready for running? And I was like, what? Did you just ask me to help you get ready for running? I was just like, yeah, let's go, man. Cue the Rocky <laughs> music. Let's go. Yeah. So we started like the Bayonne running club. Cause at the time we were living in Bayonne, New Jersey. It was like, no running club it was like me, him, and a couple of his friends. And you know, we just go run around in the park and, you know, soon all the baseball moms and dads who knew me from coaching, uh, the travel baseball teams are like, would, would you take my kid running? Cause my kid needs to be in shape like you. I'm like, yeah, you can come, you know, like, so like kids started showing up and, um, you know, I don't need much, man. I just, you know, give me one or two people. And you know, I didn't even, who knew, you know, I would eventually have a podcast, you know, to try to get a platform going, but it's wonderful, man. If, if you're, if you can just figure that piece of your own life out, that it's really all about you and you, you're gonna be far better off. And, and that could be about how you approach your job. If you're a nurse or a doctor or a lawyer, whatever whatever you do in your business life, you, you work in a restaurant, I don't care what you do. If every day you get up and you have some sort of clear purpose of what you're trying to be better at today, or even if you're just figuring out a way to manage that stress load better, you know where does that all come in? For me, it's running and it's exercise, man. I gotta tell you the biking piece for me, has just been amazing. And I wanna weave it into the conversation cause, cause we both do it. And right now, particularly without a six star series of races to run and who knows when, forget about when the vaccine comes out, who knows if we're gonna be having races with 50,000 people again. And yes, I think we probably will, but it may be years before that actually happens. And we may, I know me personally, I'm down with getting back into Ironman in a second. I just need to learn how to swim better because I won't make it 2.4 miles in the swim, man. They'll be coming out there with a boat to to rescue my ass, man. No matter what kind of wetsuit I put on, just because I can float doesn't mean I'm swimming 2.4 miles. But I know I got the half Ironman locked up. I could do 1.2 miles. I know I could swim that far, even if I'm floating and doing it. And then the bike and the run is just, will be enjoyable for me. The longer, the better. We both have that in us, like we like to go longer. But I just throw it out there to people. If you're just not into running right now because there aren't races and you can't get the fire going that way, man, I can't tell you how much joy I've gotten out of getting back on a bike. I mean, I said it was four years. It was four years since I had rode my bike. It's 20 years since I've ridden. I was doing triathlon in my early 30s when I first got into this whole game of fitness and sport. I was a college baseball player, so I didn't have that. You know, I didn't run in high school like you, you know, you didn't either. So neither one of us did. I didn't run in high school or college. I was a division one baseball player and I was always fit and played sports, but my God, you know, like cycling is a game changer for me. And I go out on these crazy ass long rides, and like you said, you cover so much ground. You're riding around in the Finger Lakes. I'm riding up Nine W. I'm looking at a map, like like at a bridge, the Tappan Zee Bridge, which is it takes me like an hour to drive there in my car. And I rode past there on my bike the other day and back. And I'm like, holy shit, I went all the way there and back. And you know, so that's the thing. You can do it, right? And it's not as maybe competitive as the way we might be about our training runs, right? If James writes you up a run and he wants you to do X amount of miles at marathon pace, or you know, it's some sort of half marathon workout, whatever it is he's gearing you up for, and I'm sure it's something longer, you get that workout, and immediately start thinking like, okay, what do I need to do to, to nail this thing? And if you do it, cloud nine, you're excited. But we all crash and burn. We all have runs that don't come off. I know Marcus wrote about bombing one a couple of weeks ago and then he killed one today I know you Mine had a, was yesterday. yours was I yesterday was to do
0: 18 miles I could not will myself to go one step beyond eight miles so if all you think is the you know all the good of running no no we we hit the bad as well but then I woke up today after a really long rest from all the stress and it it felt like I was on fire again so you know go Go figure, but you're exactly right with the biking thing. My bike is 11 years old, right? And I dropped off kids in between, busy schedules, chasing whatever excuse I had. Um, and just recently picked it up. But shout out to my friend Victoria and Kate, who they set a goal to ride around all of the Finger Lakes this summer. And I happened to hitch my wagon kind of to you know, not in so many words, but. Um, man, I wish they had towed me actually around a couple of those lakes, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it was reconnecting with them and meeting someone new for the first time and finding that, okay, I don't have to have a workout plan. This is just about the company. This is just about the miles. This is just about the sweat. This is, you know, whatever it may be for that day, it was something different that, um, I think I had said once to someone that there's just been a level of freedom for me in races being canceled. Because before then, I was so strict with, okay, well, my schedule's this, so I can't go out and ride, you know, these crazy miles that we're riding, because tomorrow I have a quality session, and okay, so if I back into when I can do that, there's only like a one-day opportunity, and that day happens to be rain and well, I don't want to ride a road bike in the rain, and da 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 So now it's been kind of a game changer. I've just really, really enjoyed getting back on the bike as have you. And I, I, you know, it's fun to now get to see more and more bikes kind of popping up in my runner feed, if you will. But yeah, go and try something new. It's fun. Absolutely fun.
1: It's great advice too. And I think, you know, I'm sure James, um, you know, anybody who's become like such a such a terrific coach and built such a stable of not only terrific runners, but also surrounding himself with other really good coaches and having this whole great team uh, concept. Um, You have to work with a runner. That's your job. If you're going to be effective at it, if you're going to be a really good coach, the top coach athlete relationships, they always have that incredible connection that goes back and forth where, you know, it's like, hey, I'm not, I, I'm not feeling this today. I'm not going to do this today. When Greg McMillan coached me, he was a grad student. He was going through grad school and he did a VO2 max test of me for part of his grad research for free down at the University of South Carolina. I remember going down there like, what's a VO2 max test? Like, I don't know what this is. And hooks me up to this treadmill and all this crazy stuff connected to me and wires. And he's doing a blood draw and checking my lactate threshold levels. And it was just so, it was so cool. but you know that the reason why I worked so well with Greg is he's so analytical he's so scientific like runners are either we all have a style right so some people are just like just tell me what to do and I'll do it and that's then other right. people like they need that's good that's wonderful but some people need to understand why they're doing certain stuff. Some people want to really under, I'm a science person, man. I need to know the science stuff, man. I want to know how is this impacting my heart rate overall. Like now I'm not looking at my watch or my heart rate ever during a run. Never, ever, 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 but it's always being recorded. I can always look back on it the baseline. I use a stride power meter, which is going to measure my power. So I can look at tempo runs, long runs with marathon pace. I can look at that data and I can see as a cycle's going along, Wow, I am getting fitter, and here is the empirical proof. At the end of the day, if you don't believe it up here, and I'm pointing between my ears because there's not much in there, but there's something in there. <laughs> I think, I think, hardhead, hard-headed. Um, but yeah, I think you have to believe. That's what I tell people all the time. Do you believe in yourself? Do you believe you're going to get it done? That's one of the reasons I advocate for people getting coaches. Because if you can find a coach who believes in you and you can start to build that that relationship and that trust that, that really can develop over time the same way your fitness builds over time, you talk about it. You know, it's very rare when somebody has big success in the marathon right away, unless they were a great runner across other distances first and were patient before they tackled it. They didn't just start running and say, OK, I'm doing a marathon next week and, and have great success. It's very rare. So that that coach relationship with James, like I know, like that's one of the most freeing things for me. I don't have anyone care to, to bounce any of this stuff off. Like people say to me, like Marcus said, well, how long is your long run going to be? I go, Marcus, I have no idea how long any of my runs are going to be. I go out the door and I go, and he's like, I'm definitely putting this in our podcast. I'm like, go ahead, man, put it whatever you want. Because it's like, I don't know. I mean, I certainly have an idea if I'm going to try to run faster on a day versus just running to just, you know, recovery day. Uh, it, to me.
0: You've, you've had some of that um, experience with a coach. I think for the people who may be listening who are either on the fence or they've never had a coach, something that I would kind of counsel with them is y- your first coach that you get may not be the best coach for you in, in to be okay with that because it really is a relationship that you need to establish because every person is different. Like James coaches me and we, we have a great relationship because it goes much beyond just running. They have to understand what's going on in your life they have to understand, do you like the data? Do you, do you, me, I prefer to, I hired a coach because I want them to tell me what I should be doing and understand over the course of time, what my capability is so they can push me past that. But I think it's also okay to let people know that, um, you can switch coaches, right? If you're not, feeling a connection and give it time. Like I definitely say you would have to get, you can't just say, okay, I'm going to run one, one race. And if I don't hit that race goal that I wanted, I, obviously this coach isn't for me, it's not like that. Um, it's building the relationship to know that each person is a different runner and build the relationship with your coach so that you can get the most out of your running. And I can say that that's definitely happened over the course of time and it didn't start from day one. Um, I'm sure James has laughed many a times at some of the things I've gone to tackle a workout that might've been a test and, in and, and I fell right into the trap. Um, but again, that's part of the fun part, too, is to say, OK, well, how, how do you navigate that and find um, a coach, a partner who can help you through that so you can get the most out of yourself when, you know, when the world opens back up and you get to do races? Or, hey, you know what? Maybe, like you said, the virtual thing's for you or you don't care about the accolades and you just want to get better as a runner. That's still a very valuable thing to have. And and shoot, like I said, I didn't have a coach for many, many, many years and I did just fine, too. So. It's a two-week street
1: for sure. It's a couple of great points you raised in there. Um, For one thing, um, it's the information flow. How are you going to communicate? Like setting those ground rules are so important. If you're the kind of person who actually needs to have a phone call, Skype, Zoom session and see your coach and see their face on a screen or on a phone and have them looking at you and talking to you, then you got to you gotta go through that stuff before you make a commitment and agree to work with a coach one-on-one. If you're somebody who doesn't need that at all and you're just totally fine with communicating back and forth via email or text, specific questions about a workout or how a day is going, whatever your situation is you've got to make sure that your coach understands how you are how you're wired and what you're looking for because man it's 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 like a good marriage or a good business partnership or anything else you're only going to get out of it what you can you know put in together as a team you're two people and the communication and that dialogue has got to go both ways you need to be able to say hey man you know james i'm not feeling good and i'm i you know what, I know it's going to be a rough night. I got to take clients out and I'm not going to be, I'm, you know, I'm probably going to be drinking and sorry, it's got to, the business is more important in this case. So I'm pushing this. I want to push this to Saturday or let's just take that workout out altogether. I'd rather work on my long run. That's more important to me. Like you, you need to be able to say what you feel. And then uh, the relationship is a 10 when he will tell you why or why not He agrees or disagrees because he should not just roll over. She should not roll over if your coach is a woman and just say, okay, Ron, no problem. Get drunk. Have fun. Like if it's a really strong relationship, be like, hey, dude, man, you're the one who told me you wanted to go sub three in Berlin, right? You want to go sub three in Berlin? Guess what? alcohol-free tonight, rock the workout tomorrow, you'll thank me on Saturday. Like, I mean, there's got to be that kind of dynamic. But that comes from trust. That comes from working together. And a lot of people are afraid to just say, hey, I'm not, man. I'll just be like, look, man, you know what? I know how I am. I'm going to get more. If that deal is that important to me, and I know those people want to have fun, and they're counting on me to provide that fun entertainment, I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. But I will... I will rise to the occasion and get that work done. I'm just not going to do it the next day when I'm hung over, you know, I'll yeah. do a run. I'm just, I'm not going to go hammer 14 <laughs> miles with 10 miles at marathon pace or something and be like, okay, can we check my blood alcohol level now? You know, <laughs> you know, let's, let's, uh, I, I, I showed up. I mean, I drank a lot last night. We were rocking the Camus, and, you know, it's all good stuff, but yeah, great, all great points. And I mean, I think there's never been a better time to find, a good coach or a good coaching group to get hooked up with um they have got terrific sites on instagram and on facebook where you can learn and then you know as you know like we talked about Allie and you you guys being tight and allies being a friend of mine from new jersey here locally um, we've hung out quite a bit um that's one of the greatest things you can do you can be like hey you worked with james or you worked with greg mcmillan what's it like for you i mean you can really find out like hey are they really responsive are they really invested in me do they care about what my goals are and That's I think, a great
0: point. Reach out to the people who are talking about their coaches to find out a little bit more because what works for me may not work for someone else, right? I'm a very kind of what you see is what you get. I have no problem voicing my opinions about things, which is why some people either love or hate me. Um, but it, reach out. There's you, No one's going to like say, oh, I can't believe this person's reaching out to me to ask me questions about my coach when on the flip side, you're the one talking about your coach all the time, right? So I think that's a great way to do
1: it. Um, Yeah. Good stuff. (laughs) Good stuff. So, um, you know, when you first started working with James, like, where were you at in your running evolution? Like, you had the breakthrough at Erie. You said you ran eight minutes faster at Erie. What, What time did you run at Erie? So I know you chopped eight minutes off your time at that point, but I don't know what you ran.
0: Yeah, I I believe Erie, and don't quote me on this, was somewhere around, I want to say 318. So I was starting to get, I mean, that's pretty respectable for doing all of this on your own and no speed work.
1: Hell yeah. Respectable. <laughs> Come on, girl. 318 Great. is rocking, man.
0: It's good. I was, I was very, very excited about this. Such a random, random day. Um, you know, the unfortunate thing about that day, to talk about irony is I went down with um, two of my girlfriends who came down from Canada. And I was really supposed to just, we all were going to run our own race. Um, we knew that we we're different speeds, but we're, one was trying to qualify for Boston. One had run marathons before, but this was our first time in a long time. Um, and then me, I was actually signed up to do wine glass three weeks later. And that was going to be my quote unquote goal race to try to like get a little bit faster. I thought 320, 320 was like my, oh my God, if I could ever get a 320, this would be amazing. Well, in Erie, I get the 318, best of my life. And I turn around, one of my girlfriends ended up in the medical tent. We ended up finding her there. So she didn't finish. The other one ended up cramping so bad at mile 18 that she walked off course. She was experienced enough to know it wasn't her day. She was okay with it. So it was crazy. And it was also hard to like celebrate a win in that moment when you're like, oh my God, what a terrible day for these friends. Good day for me. But you know, that's where that kind of lies. So as far as my history of running, like, I think I was really starting to, you know, get quite fast um, on my own, but knew that it was going to take a little bit more than just winging it in order to get better. And so then reached out to um, McCurdy Trained and thought, well, I'll just see if I put my email in the contact me information. James called me, like, probably no more than 10 minutes later. And we were on the phone and we talked for a solid hour um, before we made the commitment to go with him um, and worked with him since 2018. Um, And it was finding out about each other because I've definitely steadily increased. But one of the interesting things you say that you like data, I'll look back a little bit, but I probably don't dive deep into the numbers. Um, But recently I looked back and I've never nailed a marathon that he set out with like a pace for me but I've always gotten better and and so it's for anyone out there who thinks that oh my gosh, I'm not hitting the paces I'm not doing xyz I'm doing the work I'm getting better you know and getting to know your coach and what you can do and what you can't do they're writing a plan for you for you know your a day and your a day has to be that, you know, 50 degree weather with tailwind and, you know, no cramping, no cloud cover. Absolutely. Maybe a little, maybe a little drizzle. Yeah. Maybe someone dangling a Twix bar in front of me (laughs) to keep me motivated glass of wine at the end, all of those things. Um, so I've steadily you know i'm doing the work i'm I'm getting better i'm finding more confidence in myself which i didn't realize that i kind of on some days i do lack the confidence because you know i come off as someone who just because i'm vocal doesn't always mean that you have that inner uh, i can do it today every day you need more goggins yeah yeah you're right
1: i'll send i'll send you i'll send you a book but actually i this is one of the few books that i actually prefer the audio book because a real book i want to read i want to turn those pages and i'm a hardcover book guy um, and I'll fight, I'll fight you on that too. There's no paperbacks in this house. We, we do hardcovers, you know, we need to, we need to feel those pages and gotta, you know, there's a, there's a tactile feel to them and they look better in the bookshelf anyway, too. They do. They do. Um, you but, won't
0: need to fight me on that one. Okay. No, good. good.
1: But the Goggins thing, I just think, um, in between chapters as he's going through this evolution of his life and all the things that have happened to him, um, Adam Skolnick who reads, um, and reads for the audiobook. They have an interplay and they talk about each chapter, like something very specific that happened in far greater depth. And it might only be a two or three or four minute side conversation, but man, in a bunch of those marathons when I was running, I can't even tell you how much it just hit me. Like, wow, this stuff is amazing. You know, here's this hardest rock freakish athlete who's like people think is the fittest man in the world. but. I mean, he had to break down through so many demons that he suffered with from, you know, being beaten as a kid and being overweight and being called the N-word and just, you know, you know, being the only black kid and just, he had to overcome so much. I mean, he just, his confidence, his self-confidence was shattered. I mean, he had none. And, you know, he was so overweight and he saw the TV commercial for like the Navy SEALs and was like, okay, I, I want to try to do that. But, you know, it's just, it's, it's like impossible. Like, no, you can't do that. But yet somehow he did it. And somehow he found an instructor that was okay with him Agreeing to sign up and have to lose all that weight. And, you know, also the the mecha- you know mechanical engineering and the testing end of it. He was so on the threshold of he had trouble reading as a kid and other things that were against him. He had to overcome crazy amounts of obstacles and to score a minimum of a certain amount of test that he had to get to just get into Navy Seal School. And it doesn't end there with him just getting in. like, no. like he had things happen to him and he had to do it over. Like, Pretty much you, anybody you would ever think would give up somewhere along that way, but he just kept going and you know, kept going through it. And um, there's just so, so many powerful things in there, but it's all about in here, man. How much do you believe in yourself? And how much are you willing to push through um, when the chips are stacked against you and when things are tough? And man, I channel all that stuff um, out there when I was exhausted. I did two marathons over 90 degrees in six days. And it's not like the temperature dropped a lot. Maybe it went down to 86 by the time I finished, but this was the the ninth and 10th one. I mean, I was dead. I was dead by fifth or sixth. And I was just like, nope, I got to do it. I'm honoring my mom. I've got to do this. I have to complete this mission. You know, like, so whatever it is out there, there's always a way. But a lot of it is figuring out how to channel the mental side. Um, the physical side, uh, you know, the James McCurdys of the world, the Greg Williams, the great coaches out there, they're great. They can figure out what kind of workouts Karen needs, Ron needs, um, another athletes, They can figure out, are you the kind of person that if he tells you to run 10 miles of a 20-mile run at 640 pace and you're not even in sub-three shape yet, is that going to be too overwhelming for you? Or are you going to be the kind of person that says, oh, James wrote this out for me. He actually thinks I can do this. I'm gonna fucking do this, man. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show him. I'm gonna show. See, I'm gonna show him. That's it. So I got this, and then other people. That's why a coach is so powerful. Somebody might take that the wrong way, and their confidence might get shattered, right? Because they can't hit the number, and they tried really hard, and then it might actually go the other way. And that's why a great coach can really have a tremendous impact on that your running overall, right? Because if you can understand that dynamic and he understands or she understands that dynamic between the two of you and understands you, the kind of person that, wow, he really believes I can do that. She believes I can do that. Um, It's important. And um, I think you'll get, you'll ultimately get more out of it. And I think the other thing people don't um, look at sometimes is when somebody like that is working with you, they're looking down the road, maybe sometimes three, even five years of what they think you can do. Yeah. You're a master's runner, but you're young. Okay. And I can say that to you because you are young. And I have a a good friend of mine, Greg, who's who's 39, who's constantly comparing himself to me like he's old. And I'm like, dude, you're 20 years younger than me. You can't play the age card with me. And he's like, dude, I'm old. I'm broken down. I'm like, dude, you're not old and broken down. You're 39, man. And I admit that we all feel old sometimes and we all do feel that way. And it doesn't mean you can feel old at 39. You can feel old at 29. I'm just saying like, we have more in us than we believe. And that's that's why I try to push people you know, to the Goggins side of life because we need that. You need to hear those words. You need to read those words. And it's the man in the mirror. You're facing off against the man or the woman in the mirror every single day before you go to make a big pitch at work and you try to win business or whatever you know, walk of life that you're in your career, whatever it is, or if it's only about running or, or cycling or triathlon, whatever it is, I don't care. Are you an obstacle course racer? Whatever it is, like the demons that exist are between your ears. That's who you're battling right there. I can't go this far. I can't do a hundred mile ride. I can't swim 2.4 miles. Like when we say those words can't, it's trouble, right?
0: You're going to start believing them if you say them enough. And it also, I would say, it also helps surround yourself with the people who are going to give you their their time and their energy that, from the positive standpoint. You know, and it, I'm not saying that they sugarcoat things. I mean, surround yourself with those friends who are like, don't give me that shit. You're better than this. You can absolutely do this. Like, don't be intimidated by it. I know that you can do this. So many people... I guess maybe because I'm too busy, right? I try to cut out the people who are, are sucking the, the positivity out of because we have enough of that already. So, if I could say anything, it's just like find the alleys of the worlds and the Rons and the Marcuses and the James and all those people who they're not there to tear you down. They'll give it to you straight, but they'll also bend over backwards to lift you up when you need it. That's what you need, especially in 2020. I'm telling you.
1: That's great advice, everybody. So I hope I hope you take that to heart because um, it's a big world out there. The Internet's a big world. Um, Social media is a big world. It's a giant. It's not one ocean, man. It's like all seven. Like it's it's just huge. And you can get swallowed up. You can get buried. You can get time drained. You get time sucked. Or you can find what I would say, quote unquote, find your tribe, you know, find the people. Um, that are like-minded, right? That are, you know, really going after the same kinds of goals. And I I love my feed for the diversity of it, man. I I follow chefs. I I follow really cool hotel chains and restaurateurs and, you know, because things that are interesting to me in my lifestyle. I follow triathletes. I I follow ultra marathoners. I follow the brands that I think are cool, but most importantly, it's the people because 100%, You know, it might be 2.30 in the morning, man. This is Corona times. There's no, we don't even know what day it is anymore. We don't know what week it is. We don't know what month it is. I've noticed a bunch of women recently um, posted stuff from Atlanta in their trials feed, women who ran down in Atlanta. And I, you know, you you talk about making lemonade from lemons, right? Well, I was one day from going to Tokyo, one day from boarding that plane. You were going too, but I was going extra early because this was going to be my third time there. And I spent two and a half weeks there the first time when I was really, really young, uh, it was business trip, um, incentive trip that I won, and the second time it was just over to run the race and back. A couple of days before, a couple of days after, not much. I was going way early. I was boarding that plane the next day. So you want to talk about heartbreak, Karen? I mean, I was. Bo- I mean, I my bags were packed. My every single thing was ready to go. Down to the Uber car ordered. Down to going to the United lounge because I fly so many miles with United. I'm 1K. I get upgraded. All the good stuff. You know, like. I mean, that, that's, for me, that's the adventure. That's where I get my energy to want to train for this stuff, is to be able to go to these races and meet more fun people like you and, and organize these shakeout runs and get people together for dinner and you know get people to just loosen up a little bit so they can run better. People say to me, "You drank the night before the Tokyo Marathon?" I'm like, "Yeah, I drank, man. We were in a Tempanyaki restaurant, man, and I drank like nearly a bottle of Cabernet, man. I, you know, and the friend of mine Stephanie and her dad were next to me. They were drinking beers and they didn't want to drink wine. So they're drinking beer, I'm drinking wine, and they're telling stories and just trashing each other. And you know me, man, I don't need a microphone or a podcast to do this. I just like working one against the other going, wait, wait, tell me that story again. Wait, what did she say? What did he do? (laughs) Like it was one of the most entertaining nights ever. And I'm sitting here just getting hammered the night before the Tokyo marathon. I'm like, I don't care. Like, of course I care about the race. When I put those shoes on, man, I'll fight anybody out there, man. If I, if I think you're uh, somebody's trying to take me out or, you know, somebody in my age group was going to beat me or something. I'm like, okay, I'll hunt you down. If I see you out there, I'm, I'm coming for you. I'll come for anybody. But you know, like I have, this amazing experience, man. And I just get so much out of it, way more than running. It's connecting with people and making these friendships, whether they're virtual on Instagram, until I can see the person in person, and that's when we do the real hugs, man. Forget these air hugs and all this other bullshit. That's when we really come together. Because we, we did a shakeout in London that Marcus and, and a bunch of my six-star friends were at. I think we had like 100, 100 and something people there. And you know we just went into a Starbucks. And by the time we got settled in there, everyone left. No one would stay because we were so loud and causing so much mischief. It's like, I mean, well, what could be better than that? You know, I That's mean, what it's all about, right? Yeah. I mean, I know, I know it is for us and, um, and for anybody out there that isn't as outgoing or, um, you know, maybe not doesn't have that, uh, forward, you know, personality type running will connect you with so many other people, man. Join a running club, join a team. Wherever you live, if you're up in Rochester, New York, I'm sure there's lots of good teams up there. If you're in Boston, there's tons of great teams. I'm here right right in New York City. Wherever you live, California, I don't care if you live in West Virginia, join join a running club, join a team. Find a way that you can meet running partners and get organized opportunities to get out there where you're they're depending on you and you're depending on them. That's really what it comes down to. And I'm not the morning person. You're, you know, you're the morning person. So I'm not fighting anybody to get up for a run. You know, my dog's like trying to get me out of bed to take her for a walk. I'm like, nah, not yet. Go back to sleep. And she'll like, (laughs) look at me like, what? It's like nine 30. I'm like, it's Corona time. Go back to sleep. You know, like these are the chats I have with my dog. I mean, I don't need a human here. And she'll look at me like, okay, I guess I'll go back to sleep because she doesn't need to be convinced much. I mean, she likes to sleep anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, join a club, get a coach, find something to do. The other uh, the other thing which we talked about before with charity, find some way, ride some miles on a bike, do some runs, get connected with some sort of community thing. People always get stressed about fundraising. You know what? It's not that it's not that bad. It's really not. Don't let it drive you crazy, man. They've got platforms to put stuff out on Facebook. If you just write a heartfelt message and talk about why you're doing it and put it out there, I'm not saying you're gonna like raise like a zillion dollars, but somebody out there in the running community, they're gonna they're gonna send you some cash. They're gonna send some money over, they're gonna support you. And the beauty of our platforms with Instagram and Facebook, you know, I can put a link right in my bio to all the podcast episodes, to my webpage, to shows that I've been on, and also any fun fundraising I'm doing. So it's, it's really, it's become pretty remarkable. Um, particularly with like GoFundMe pages for like Tommy ribs and that, you know, how much money, um, people are able to raise.
0: Well, and you're never going to get what you don't ask for, you know, the, what's the worst that someone could say? No, that's right. And that's, that's applicable and raising money for funds. Um, asking for that raise, you know, I might coach you a little bit stronger than just asking for that raise, but, um, (laughs) you know, You're never going to get out of life if you don't stand up and ask every once in a
1: while. 100%. So let's talk 318 before James. And I'm trying to think, is Berlin your PR? It is.
0: I did a 302 in Berlin.
1: 302. Girl, you're right there on the edge. Knock it on the sub three door. 302. It's there. That's, That's impressive. Now, I was there, as you know. Um, we weren't hanging together, but I- Two ships
0: crossing in the night.
1: Yes, exactly. Well, in this case, uh, you were way ahead of me because I ran 315 in Berlin. So you were like back in your room, showered, eating a meal. Like, you know, just like, oh, Ron is like slow, you know, like that oh, dude's like, I was actually at the
0: finish line with Marcus. You were? I was were? with Marcus. Yep, I ran oh, into him
1: at the end. Oh my God, that's great. That's great. And, you know, I forgot he was there, too. That's right, because we were hanging out, too. I mean, th- it becomes a blur at some point where, you know, and think about it, because last year, if you think about it now, I got to run all six of them. I mean, it's literally like only now is it really starting to sink in. Like If, that, if this year had just been like every other year and we we're all doing the races and then maybe another year, the same thing. I don't think I had any idea, like from the perspective side, just how insane that that was to do it. But it's not like I was out there running five hours, man. I averaged 315, you know, I was never more than a minute, a minute and a half apart and you know, the experiences, as you said, that was what made it so special because I knew with each new race I was going to go to, there was going to be somebody else there that wasn't at the one before. And then it'd be like, oh damn, Marcus isn't going to be in Chicago, but oh, then it's like a whole other crew of people are in. And it's like, all right. Yeah. you're. Oh, you're going to be in New York. Oh, New York's my backyard. Let's go, you know, let's hit the expo. Let's do a shakeout. So, um, you know, now I think more than ever, we're never going to, you know, we're never going to we're certainly going to think about things in enormously different ways of what a, what a privilege and a blessing it is to be able to get to line up and do a race. Just as something as simple as that. I mean, hell, even a local 5K would feel pretty exciting for me right now because there, are, there have been some races going on, but only like more or less track for me here in, in New York. New There's been more of like some track series races and other things. And look, I'm just not fit to be going on a track, racing people in the mile or fifteen hundred. That's just not my jam. Um, so why go out there and just get just get roasted for no reason and get lapped? Um, I can think of better ways to torture myself, like going a sixty-three mile ride by myself, um, yeah. because it's cool, right? You know. Yeah. But you have you had an opportunity to do an actual legal race up there somewhere or no?
0: There is opportunity, but I'm really not interested in anything other than the marathons. Got um, There have been some smaller ones, but I think part of me is since that has been my MO is just, I usually do two marathons a year, spring one and a fall one. Um, I'm not familiar with doing a lot of things in between, I think leading up to where we are now and in kind of, if we had rewound to uh, probably almost a year ago, James and I had talked about, you know, getting in 10 K shape and things like that. And that was our plan for this summer was really to probably get more comfortable with being in that uncomfortable, even though I hate that saying, I've said it before. Um, Cause it's foreign to me, right? I know how to go into the endurance pain cave, but going into that short stuff, um, I'm just not, I need more experience. And so that was going to be the summer's plan, but no, and they have them, but since there's so few far in between, I feel like all of a sudden one will pop up and it'll be next week. Like I want to do, if I'm going to sign up for it and like pay money to be in something, call me cheap, but like, I want to be prepared for it. I don't want to just jump in for a free t-shirt or medal, so they're starting to pop up um, probably a little more on even like some of the trail scenes and whatnot, but it's still, it's still a ways before we're going to actually get to some, what we used to you know, be a little more familiar with.
1: Well, me posted on the trail scene up there, because I think it's likely that that stuff's going to be in the clear much sooner trail ultra stuff like that keep me posted if anything like that pops open because i think you know you have the endurance gene stuff you know the, being able to do those crazy long rides and all that i have that too so like those days they're an adventure you know and if you take a gopro out there or you take your phone out there with you and you know you got a handheld bottle you know they all have the zip up things where you could stick your phone in there or you can wear all sorts of packs where you can have your phone in here or a gopro if you just do one of those as an experience to just of course you're going to finish you'll kill it. You'd have a chance to win it because you have the fitness there. But if you just did it with like no plan at all, zero, no plan, there's no pace. There's no anything. I would just tell you whatever pace you think you're going to run to even dial it back even further. Because if I'm saying, if you're going to do a 50 miler, 50 K, I wouldn't even bring you back. I just be like, do whatever. The, just go for it, man. Who cares? Because you're going to finish. It's five more miles than 26 miles. It's not, you're not going to finish. Even if you had to walk a couple of miles, it's not going to, you're going to do anything to yourself. 50 miles is a different ball game, especially if there's a lot of elevation and it be, some of them are 10,000 feet. So you'd have to, you have yeah. to really have some planning involved with nutrition, how- you know, spacing it apart where your calories are coming from, making sure you're getting enough salt and other things, all things I didn't do in my first 50, which ensured that I would die a painful death and cramp in parts I didn't know were humanly possible. Like, you know, <laughs> toes cramping, my back is cramping, my forearms are cramping. I'm like, how is this possible? Like, what it, this is it like? Is there an alien in my body? Yes. All things like that can happen to you if you have no, no clue.
0: I became interested in and and I'll throw it out to the universe that I definitely want to do an ultra of some sort in the nearish future, Um, because when you hear refueling with things like Coca-Cola, gummy bears, things like that. I'm I'm game. You're signed.
1: You're already <laughs> First, signed up.
0: Throw me in the woods. I'm used to bears. I'm okay with that. I'm from
1: Alaska. You you're, you are so down with um. So my only 50 mile ultra was in Ithaca, New York. So that's probably not. T- that's not too far from you, is no, it? No, it's
0: not at all. Yeah, not at
1: all. So uh, I have to say that I've never seen anything like this. Snow cones, gummy bears bacon now of course you got a lot of people are vegan that's fine but i mean bacon bacon like they're cooking bacon huge (laughs) baked potatoes some without the skin some with skin and then like literally troughs of sea salt for you to dip them in like it's a different world if you're going to be out there for that amount of hours you need to be getting enough salt in the fluids all the other stuff and food food um so um and a mix of sweet and save like a mix a mixture of both um, a couple guests, uh, my guest, uh, a couple of episodes back really talked about that. Um, she's done the grand, uh, Canyon rim to rim to rim. I think she's done it like eight times. And, I want to do that too. Okay. So, all right, here's the deal. She invited me in October to come out there because like, you're not technically allowed to bring groups there and stuff, but she knows yeah. exactly what to do. She knows what time to get there. She knows, she even said, you don't even have to have a tent." She goes, I, I can make sure that you get a hotel that's nearby if you don't want to do the tent thing. Cause I'm not a 10 person. She wants to organize it for like early October. And I personally have never even been to the Grand Canyon, which is embarrassing. And I need the photos. i need I need to take like a thousand photos and just have it for the adventure of life. so if you if you want to pull this thing off, I could easily make it happen. She's ready to roll. Um, We're going to talk. Yeah. Yeah. She's, um, she's a good follow. So Laura, Laura Swenson, um, will you know, she was just a couple of episodes back, but she, um, has done Boston a bunch of times too. And just likes the trail life. She lives in Arizona, just loves that life of being out there, you know, out there on the Mesa, on the trail, um, connecting with the universe. So that's the fun, that's the stuff we got to figure out to plug in just to keep us having something to do. Because like you said, if you can go ride your bike 107 miles and I can go ride my bike 60, five miles by myself. Yeah, we can go run an ultra. Trust me, you're going to be fine. It's just, you have to know, you know, and that's the thing that I could depend on Laura for 100% because she knows, like she talked about, like she'll even have like beef jerky out there, like things like that just to have... um I can't remember what those the little twisty ones were—beef jerky or whatever the heck slim they were. Gyms. Slim jims. Slim jims. Yeah, we used to have Come them as kid, like as kid breaks. We would like go to a local deli and have like a slim jim and put it on a sandwich with like potato chips or something crazy. But oh god, the things that we would eat when we were kids, like
0: we turned amazing. out fine. We turned out yeah. fine, people.
1: We're okay. Yeah, but you you hit the nail on the head. The gummies, snow cones. I mean, candy like you've never seen in your life. It's all there on the table, along with you know, there's electrolyte stuff, there's gels, um, there's salt tablets. I mean, this stuff is on the tables. Like you don't bring it yourself, it's there. So you, you're going through a, a, you know, you do like Western States or something. You wouldn't even believe the things that are out there in these aid stations, like mind boggling. So all good and all future stuff for us. But right now you're, you're 302, man. You're, you're closing the gap down. Yeah. You're, you're right there on the cusp. So have you. Heat is on, heat is on. Yeah. Now is he, is he, Looking for a race for you anywhere? Are you guys looking together? Like, because I mean, Marcus found a marathon. I mean, it's over in England somewhere. So I know he's got one to run.
0: Yeah, I'm patient. I, I'm not looking to, you know, up and, you know, once something opens up, travel to go see it unless it's one that's really worthwhile. No, we're not bending over backwards. I'm gonna do the virtual Boston, but I'm just gonna do it for fun. Yep. And um I'm gonna be patient, see what happens in twenty twenty one. And and it maybe as it gets closer to twenty twenty one, look to okay, you know, finding something out there and being willing to travel a little bit more. But you know, my cup is getting full by the biking stuff and I'm still, you know, working in in chasing kids and trying to figure out online learning and all of the things that everybody else is out there trying to do too, that I'm not going to add one more stressor of saying, Hey, I need to find a race to fill that cup. I'm okay.
1: I don't blame you because when you, when you start on a journey like this, it's a, it's a gradual path and you'll get there. Like, Mm -hmm. but the thing is you got to believe it. That number is no, that number doesn't mean anything more than 308. Or three oh six or three it just you're going from three oh one to two fifty nine or 258. And it's a lot easier for me to say that because I I don't know, I think I've run like fourteen sub threes and I've ran like 12 240s But that was when I was in my thirties and my mid four I the last ran a sub three at forty-five. So I three oh seven is my best in my in my late fifties. Um and I ran three oh eight in New York, um three oh eight low in New York, which I that's a lot better what than three hundred seven in Chicago. Uh, Eighteen.
0: Okay, but I did. I think three hundred eight or somewhere close to that in New York it was two thousand nineteen. Oh, so nineteen. I ran it twice, but okay. That, that so was you bad. so you
1: so you kicked my butt last year, but I will say that I did. That was my sixth of six. I ran. um I think I ran like three seventeen zero one. It pissed me off so much that I that, that I missed by like one second, but. Um, you know, I still average at 315 for all six of them, but yeah, it was three Oh eight the year before, like three Oh eight low. Like I, I had a shot to break three Oh eight. I mean, I was pushing really hard in the park and I think I ran a 659 like last mile. So I, I ran that race well. Um, so I still got, I still have plenty in the tank. Um, but I'm having too much fun to, to worry about it, but we'll see, we'll see where we come out of this thing. I don't, I don't worry about it either. I don't worry about it just like you. I, um, I think it's important to just not lose your perspective, stay positive. And, uh, the cycling thing for us has both been good. And, you know, you want to do an ultra, I think those are going to be far easier, um, or even just trail racing in general, they will be far easier to find a way to get involved with that. And I'll tell people all the time, man, get in and try it. Um, it may not be for you because some people might take a couple of crashes on the trail and be like, oh, wow, I didn't know what this was going to be like.
0: Well, that's like me with mountain biking. I don't have a huge desire to go mountain biking for the, the the sheer reason of like okay uh i don't really want i'm not ready to take that tumble quite
1: yet (laughs) well the guy the guys and girls in the trek store you know that were let me test ride the madone while they were doing some work on my bike were like uh oh here's where we're going to take you mountain biking you know to um you know a mountain in new jersey and they're like here's here's where we're going to ride and then i saw their instagram feeds and i I see like 10 jumps they're going off ramps and i'm like yeah i'm not going to be going but sounds good you know sounds like a really fun day uh just not for me so, you all enjoy yourself out there, just not uh, I won't be joining. you know, leave me at home. <laughs> so I'm gonna do Boston Virtual, and you're doing Boston Virtual. yeah, um, do you have a course?
0: Yes, I do, okay.
1: And what do we what's the deal?
0: It might not be smiled upon, but um, I think I'm gonna be in Boston. Let's just say that, okay.
1: I know a, a number of people who are running in Boston, so you're not yeah. you're not going to be alone. Um, most of them are from so. most of them are from the general area, you know, in or around Cambridge and whatnot. But no, they're not all right from Boston. They're, believe me, and I'm sure. With London, people will probably try to do something similar. Um, I just think it's our nature. Like if, if New York didn't have the bridges, as you know, you know, if you can't run over the Verrazano Bridge, I mean, not unless you want to kill yourself um, with cars and traffic. Um, there are other bridges in the city where you could run, but not, not the Verrazano. So you really it'd be very hard to re- truly recreate New York. You could recreate it from many other points on the course and do a big chunk of it, but the difference with Boston is you actually can run the whole course. You can go out to Hopkinson. you can literally get dropped off right there and start from there, and it's the easiest course in the world to not get lost because you're basically not even making any turns. I mean, yeah. it's so you don't turn till you get to the firehouse, so then the your, yeah, you yeah. make well, your right
0: it's still there. So it's it's more. I, this will be my tenth time running it. Um, and so it's never been one of those races where, uh, it's been on my list of like, I have to qualify every single year. It's been more of a, every time I go back, I get to see my former roommate and I get to stay with her and we get to go to the restaurants that we really like, or try a new one that's popped up or see how things have changed. So again, I guess I really lean towards those experiences and this would be no different. This would actually be a time where we can drive out. We can stay with our friends. You know, you don't have to worry about hotels and different things like that, that a lot of people have had to um, worry about financially. Um, And we'd also be able to probably take our kids this time, whereas I hate to say it out loud, but I'm going to say it. We typically look forward to the Boston Marathon weekend because um, we get to ditch our kids with grandma and grandpa. And they stay there and we go back to
1: the city and eat and drink and night mom has a little jog on Monday. There you go. So. It's it's party time. It's that Monday, it's that Monday morning Patriots Day job. That's all. Yeah. Just, just a little yeah. run. Just a little run. But yeah, you're liberated. You're free. You're hanging with your friends. Now, are you going to everybody's got a very different approach? I know some people literally don't even care if they walk, whatever. Are you gonna throw it down? Are you gonna run hard? Are you gonna run easy? Do you have any sort of plan at all? Because it's not too far off here. When are you when are you gonna run? Next weekend?
0: Yeah, I'll run next weekend sometimes I want to get it um, kind of out of the way earlier rather than later. The kids start school, so hopefully we can do it um, that weekend before school starts. And I don't have, you know, I, I would like to get, let's say, a 315, 320, somewhere around there. Just depends on the day, though. I'm going to be very forgiving with myself. I'm not throwing down. So if it just, I start to run and it's just not jiving, I'm totally cool with taking it down a notch and just soaking it up, hopefully taking a lot of pictures. If we do make it out there, if it turns out to be a virtual thing in the area, then I don't, And I'm sure everybody's dying to see Rochester, but they probably would care a little bit less than seeing the the Boston course. And so I'll just kind of, I'm just going to be flexible. I mean, that's gotta be my 2020 motto. I'm not one who's typically been flexible with things, but I have learned to become more flexible as long as I have a general plan. I like it. (laughs) Give me a plan and I can be flexible within that plan. Um, So I I won't say that I'm the most flexible person in the world, but I'm learning.
1: Do you have a nutrition plan?
0: Yeah, I've actually been sticking with the Martin or Morton, however you want to pronounce them. The gels have been working really well for me for the last couple marathons. And I try to do those every half hour to 40 minutes. And I stick with those. And I typically will carry like a water with me to have that. So I handheld
1: possible? handheld water, Morton Gels, you're yeah. you're ready to rock. Now, did you know that I have a 15% off code at the Feed Me for Morton? Did you know that? So
0: do I. Oh, <laughs> I
1: see. I see how it is. Okay, good for you. So you don't need to- uh, Thank my code. you.
0: I should have started it with why well, thank you very much. That's
1: okay. It's <laughs> it, it. this is about sharing with the broader audience. So in Aaron the show kidding. notes, I will put my Morton discount code and Karen's discount code in the show notes. So this way, if you're following Karen on Instagram already and you're a little tighter with her and you want to, you know, get your Morton stuff with her code, that's great. And if you are somebody who's more connected with me and you've worked with me in the past, you could just use mine because it's just good business for all. The Feed Me is a great site They have everything on the planet in terms of nutritional stuff. And, uh, you know, it's nice of them to extend a code to us um, to give a discount because it really, uh, it's a cool thing. So, we can throw that into the show notes. Having a nutrition plan is important. And even if you are not trying to do anything um, aggressive or significant, you do need to have some sort of plan for where you're gonna get some fluids. And, and look, if you just don't give a crap and you're gonna stop your watch or whatever, fine. Like who cares? I mean, if you're, if you're taking that approach to it, that's all great. But if you're actually trying to run you know, 26.2 straight through and not take any breaks and not stop anywhere, you know, it's good good to have a plan. You know, if you're going to wear a hydration vest or, you know, you're going to have some handhelds or maybe you're going to have somebody ride a bike and meet you out wherever the heck you're running. I mean, some people have de- de- devised some really cool courses, you know, where it's a couple of mile loop or something. And, you know, they've got a little table set up and they've got bottles. And, you know, if they're going to do a, a bunch of runners together, you know, that could be fun too. But whatever your approach is, just think it through because, you know, it's not race day where there's going to be tables out there. And um, unfortunately, there's not going to be that great Boston crowd cheering and screaming our heads off when we roll through the great neighborhoods and and just uh, get to absorb that whole experience. But uh, we'll make the best of it, man, right? Absolutely. So you got Boston queued up, as do I. Are you doing, are, are you doing London also? London
0: virtual? No, I'm going to skip that one. I decided not to go to virtuals back to back. Um, I love what they're doing though, and I love that um, anybody who's out there willing to to do that. Yeah, can't wait to get to the actual Boston. Though we're really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I punted London and New York because I was in all six. So I really having run 10 in 10 weeks, I've really done enough marathons for a while now. Um, but Boston, I'll, I'll do Boston. And I I don't even, people have asked me, I don't even have a plan right now. Like many of those marathons, Karen, I had no plan at all. I literally go out my door and go, okay, which way am I going? Like, no idea. Like, all right, I'll go this way today. Like I ran over the George Washington bridge, ran into New York city, then came back over the bridge, like didn't have any idea, you know? And, I stashed some bottles in Central Park one, one time when I ran at night, and I realized that it was so pitch black at night, the thought of me finding those bottles was like, there's no way I'm ever going to find these bottles. There's no light. This is on a path. There's no way. Like, people we'll, like, I'll we'll probably get arrested by the cops if they see me yeah. like crawling around in there. So a couple of like, those this times. It was
0: like a good idea at the time. It's like the time I ran um, a trail race that was all glow sticks. I'm like, that was great until it got really dark and I was running through the woods and I was so afraid I was going to get lost that I had no choice, but to run as fast as I possibly could to just stay with someone. I was scared out of my mind. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. Many decisions like I make are basically grounded in nothing and they fall apart quickly. So you'll learn that about me. You know, I'm not the guy to lay out the plans for people. Nope. Not me. I just kind of wing it and just let it rip. And, you know, if it all works out, great. You know, I have no one to blame if it doesn't, you know, it's, it's, oh, wait, whose idea was this? Oh, it was my idea. Thank you. Yes. I'm the one who came up with this ingenious plan, how to roast ourselves and, you know, kill ourselves in a trail race. Oh, you mean you didn't understand you're supposed to read the trail markers? That's how you go. Oh, and I thought I could just follow the person in front of me. What's wrong with that? Well, when you get lost in your, you know, 25 minutes behind the main pack, you know, these are the lessons you learn in life, but. The hard way. I like to learn from my mistakes. It's fun you know yeah, it would be cool welcome. if i did it right the first time but i think i learn more by you know yeah, doing where's it
0: where's the learning in that
1: yeah i agree i agree all right, cool. So you got a you got a plan for Boston. We got a potential ultra situation, maybe with the Grand Canyon or something fun, maybe some sort of long bike ride in the finger lakes, which all sound fun. We I think we need to invite the broader IG community to join on some of these things for sure. Absolutely. We, we need to turn it into a party and then we're gonna do a little we're gonna do a barbecue if we're gonna do a bike ride. I mean, we gotta have make, to gotta make sure we rock the barbecue because I know you guys are having the big barbecue yesterday.
0: That's right. Until I puttered out and went to bed early. (laughs) It happens.
1: It happens. So as we get ready to roll out here, anything we didn't get to, anything important for you, um, either in running, in life in general, anything that you wanted to get to that we didn't cover? Because I think we covered a lot and we had some fun, interesting convo. But just in case there's something that was top of mind to you or important to you that we didn't get a chance to cover.
0: No, you know, I, I hope everyone out there thought it was as interesting as I, because I could continue talking to you probably late into the evening. Um, I don't know if that makes for a very good podcast or not, but it certainly makes for a great friendship. So we can, we can end it with that.
1: Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute blast having you on and getting to know you better and getting to see you in the screen. So it's the first time yeah. we're actually seeing each other and Somewhat hanging out together. I do feel like Zoom is very close to real life hangout. I do feel like that. Um, sometimes not, but when you have a good common connection like we do, you it feels different. I, I don't think that this podcast would be anywhere near the level that it's at if I had to do this via just audio only and you were in your room in Rochester and I'm in my room in Weehawken. and we couldn't see each other. I think it just it personalizes and
0: you see me drinking drinking my my beer mocking you.
1: It. Rub it in. Rub it in, girl, because that's what I'd be doing. I'd be like, oh, you didn't do your run yet? Oh, wow, Karen. I see how it is. Slacker. Slacker. I'm debating right now in my head, you know, before I spin off the podcast here. Like, am I
0: really running tonight? How far am I going?
1: I said I was going to run. Yeah, we'll see. Because you know it's all going to be out there on IG tomorrow. So You're doing it. You're doing it.
0: And that's the fun thing about that I found about IG is finding people like you, like the alleys, all those people out there who... It's so much fun to meet people, whether it's in a libraries or now it's turned into Zoom things. And, you know, even before the show, we're chit-chatting back and forth and we're like, hey, I do that too. Or, yeah, that sounds awesome. Or I, I like going too. And I like to travel. And you find so many cool connections with people you probably never would have connected to before, had it not been through, whether it was the Zoom, the 2020, and having to do what we do. Um, so I'm grateful for that.
1: Oh, God. So well said. And I think, as we talked about before with us all just really coming to grips with what this year is is taught us and is still teaching us as, as it evolves, because it isn't over, um, how much of a greater and deeper appreciation um, for life in general we're all going to have. And just the simplest act in the world of being able to hug another human being safely and just give somebody that heartfelt, warm hug, um, every single group run that I organize and put together for people like I never let anybody leave it never happens you know there's always going to be pictures there are always going to be hugs there that is just part of like who I am and it's how I'm wired and I I feed off that energy of sharing that energy and that love I have for this common wonderful sport that we're engaged in with others. And, you know, I've gotten so many notes back from people. Oh, man, I miss running with you. And I miss going out on group runs. And you know what? I get emotional, man. It makes me, it brings a tear to my eye because I do, I miss, I miss those moments. I miss Mm -hmm. rolling in to an expo and just looking around like a little kid, like, who's here? Who's here? Oh, wow. I just saw Karen. Oh, I saw, I saw Allie. I saw Marcus. And, you know, like we all, we all live for that. You know, like, what are you, what are you doing? Have you, did you check in your hotel yet? what are you doing? Like, let's get together. Where are we going to have a meal? And um, there's just so much more to our sport. And um, I think as we broaden our horizons a little and get involved with more of these things, I think we're just going to enjoy these friendships and connections even more. So thank you for coming on and sharing. Uh, so much of your own experiences with us—it's been super interesting. And everybody has to follow. How about our run, which is literally one of the greatest Instagram handles when you, when your name is Karen Howe. Like, how about a run? That's pretty good, man. I gotta say, that's <laughs> definitely a good one. So everybody needs to get over onto her page and give her a follow. Give her a shout out. Please listen to the pod. There's so many cool, interesting things that we chatted and talked about. And um, I always just say to people, hey, you know, let your friends know, share the episode and Instagram stories, whatever, because somebody out there will hear Karen talking about her running journey or growing up in Alaska or, you know, signing up her husband for this marathon without him knowing and be like, oh my God, that sounds exactly like something I would do. She sounds like me. There's always something in a story that a runner shares here with me that I'm so blessed to have these amazing personality types come on with me and share their their lives and their running history with me. There's always some moment that it will click for somebody. So if you share that story and somebody else comes to our sport because of that, That's the payoff for me. That's what I'm looking for, man. I want somebody to say, I heard Karen on your show and she was great and she sounds so much like me. And, you know, like when I get a message like that, it makes my day. So please, um, you know, if you're enjoying, you know, anything Karen had to say or anything you're hearing on a run chat show, just let us know, shout us out. You have suggestions for ideas or guests or anything, hit us up, let us know. And I just want to say what a pleasure it is to have you on and meet you in person or in, in Zoom person. Yeah. It was super fun, super fun for me. So you know how we roll out. Um, my Before we do our signature sign up, we always say to people, hey, we got to keep lacing them up. We got to keep getting out the door. That's step number one. And then step number two is peace out. Always remember to stay in the fight. All right, peeps? Love you. Thank you. Take care. We'll talk to you all soon. Wow, that was such a fun convo. I just love Karen's can do spirit and attitude about just staying positive and focused in the moment and uh, also finding other things to do. Like uh, we both have this uh, shared love of cycling right now to throw in the mix with your training. So I hope some of her suggestions hit home for you. Um, I hope it's inspiring to hear the sort of progress that she's made as a runner, not only on her own uh, coaching herself. But teaming up with James McCurdy at McCurdy Coaching and um, just seeing the sort of progress that she's making with her running and fitness, it's super inspiring stuff. And I can't wait to see her crack through that sub three door and um, finish off her six star journey. I believe she has London and Tokyo left. I'm pretty certain on that because we were both signed up for those. So let's keep following Karen's journey at How About a Run together. Um, If this episode inspired you as it did me, I hope you'll take a moment to share the episode on IG share it with friends, um, share it with non-runners or runners that maybe are plateaued or looking to do something big with their training. I think there's a lot of practical advice in there that uh, Karen shared with me in this chat um, that I know definitely took to heart that could help uh, pretty much anybody at any level. So I was definitely inspired by our convo. would appreciate anyone sharing, taking a moment on Apple Podcasts to write a quick review. Let them know about how this podcast hits you and how Runcasts is um, been coming along as a podcast it will help us find new listeners for the show and definitely help us move up in the rankings. So thanks for all of that. I appreciate every one of you all for being along this journey with us and tuning in to the show and sending notes to me uh, with suggestions and taking the time to write a review. All of those things are greatly appreciated. So thank you all folks for being part of the Run Chats community. Just want to say, keep lacing them up, keep getting out that door, keep working on your fitness because good things are coming around the door. We are going to get through this thing at some point and we will all be racing again together out there, whether it's the roads, the trails or an ultra, or you start racking up the bike miles like Karen and I. So stay focused, stay positive and keep after it, my friends. So I'll just say peace out, everybody, and always remember to stay in the fight. God bless.